Hi, this is Colin from Worse in the Industry. We have a lot of laughs on our show, and we get in some pretty heated topics, so it's important to remember that the views expressed by the hosts of Worse in the Industry are our own, and in no way are representations of the views held by the Planet Ant Podcast Network or Planet Ant as an organization, even when we're right. Yell at us, not them. Thanks, and enjoy the show. This has been a production of Planet Ant Podcast, powered by Pinecast. Can I talk my shit now? I was playing two-hand touch, fuck it up, it's a hit now. When I hit the road, do a show, hit a lick, then I skip town. Run up in the spot, no dance, and I make them all get down. Boy, you better sit down. Yeah. Ain't nothing fancy, I'm still broke. Cross town like Yancey, I will throw. They say I'm in a spot they would kill for. I could put them in the wheel and they still won't. But I also feel like the Frosties now, they're trying to do too much fancy shit with it. And it's like, no, just have the chocolate Frosties and that's it. They have strawberry Frosties. Chocolate, soft serve ice cream. That's it. I know. It's not ice cream, actually. It's fucking ice cream. It's not because there's not enough milk in it to call it ice cream legally. That's why it's a Frosty. Exactly. That's why a McFlurry is also a McFlurry. I feel like I've had some really low milk fat shit post uh, passed off of ice cream before. I don't know. I've had some really low milk fat shits lately, honestly. Yeah, it's because you. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure you have, but. How are, how you, are the dairy free potatoes, by the way? You, you do have to keep in mind that everybody that has uh, put out something that is not milk fat, you know, up to standard for ice cream, um, has been Wacoed. For <laughs> calling it ice cream. Oh, by the FDA. That's not yeah, true. by the FDA. Well, that's not by true. the FDA. My, my mom's standing there like Chan and Reno. No. <laughs> Watching the tape run over the flag over and over like again. Like Janet Reno. Wow. <laughs> oh my god. Sorry. I'm just imagining my mom's like tiny Janet Reno. Your mom's like Condoleezza Rice. Oh god. Uh, you don't understand that uh, we had to kill all of them. Yeah, they just had to go. The dream for the new American century uh, doesn't involve fake pitches. Colin, <laughs> <laughs> oh. you said you had some hot takes. You got some. some oh, I was just thinking about fire. how Ghost is just uh, based in Satan pilled ABBA. Been thinking about that a lot. Yeah. What the fuck did you just say? I said Ghost is based in Satan-pilled ABBA. Tyler? Can you translate? The, 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 uh, I suppose you could call them metal band Ghost? More like pop rock, fellas. Yeah, it's pop, oh, it's pop Jesus rock. Oh, Jesus Christ, I thought you were talking about the Patrick Swayze movie. I was like, ah. <laughs> oh, the weirdest Swayze movie ever made. Roadhouse is pretty weird. One. Roadhouse is pretty weird. Well, Road- Roadhouse, Roadhouse is Road- Roadhouse weird. Is, Roadhouse is weird. Oh, I will give you that. <laughs> but at least it's grounded in some sort of reality. It's he's like a mythical like wasteland warrior who hangs yeah. out in a roadhouse. Yeah. Ghost he also, is Ghost is he, normal because you want to fuck Whoopi Goldberg, but only because she's secretly your wife. Husband. See, that's that's what I was sad about about uh about Ghost is uh, not enough roundhouse kicks. Not nearly enough. Not nearly as many roundhouse kicks as compared to Roadhouse. No. Not enough. 
One would not say. enough. Not not, not nearly enough. Oh fuck! Ghost is a terrible movie. Yeah, Very it is. Good. People <laughs> yeah, like it. But it's band, bad. If you're gonna watch a what a man that Swayze a though. weird like kind of romantic supernatural movie from that time period, you should watch Michael with John Travolta. Where yep. he's in Where angel. he plays the Archangel Michael. He plays the Archangel Mikael. And he... What? Or... Women are like, he smells like... Sh- uh, every woman wants to have sex with him. And it's because he smells like sugar cookies and shit. He smells like fucking desserts. And they're like, you know, it gets a woman's pussy wet. Pumpkin pie, fellas. Like, like... So, so the like, Archangel... Lilac, Lilac and gooseberries. Yeah, women, women want to fuck baked goods. That's their whole thing. Like, that's I mean, like, like hey, core tenet of the movie. You all have wives, don't you? you all, all right, let's get this board meeting going. Hold yeah. on, let me finish my seventh whiskey of the morning. Or we could watch uh, What Women Want with Mel Gibson. Or if oh, you're perfect. feeling a sport... If you're feeling a Swayze movie, watch Interscope. It's a much better movie. The accident from the beginning of What Women Want, where Mel Gibson gets his telepathic powers, that accident is real, and that's what turned him anti-Semitic. <laughs> See, I think he was problematic before then. No. No, that was that was it. No, no, no. no. So, so just to be clear, dancing around in uh, a bra and uh, pantyhose, wearing women's makeup, uh, or wearing just makeup uh, and, and wearing pantyhose, and just in a bathroom mirror while chain smoking furiously while trying to understand his clientele. That's what made Mel Gibson an anti-Semite. Well, when you wake up bleeding from the head, covered in women's lingerie. My first thought would also be, how did the Jews <laughs> was the do this? Jew. Clearly, the Jews were involved some way. Yeah, that's oh, what happened God. to Kanye. You are that's sounding what... extra Eastern European. I, <laughs> buddy, 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 buddy. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm feeling extra Slav today. Maybe I'm tired of these fucking Ukrainians soaking up all the nationalism in the room. These fucking pretenders to the throne. It's not even a real country, okay? I'm not advocating for the Russian invasion, but the Ukraine's not a real country, okay? That's like saying somebody's backyard is a completely different house, all right? Make it part of Poland again. I've been very clear about this. Make it part of Poland. Big Albania will reign supreme. Bit, fuck those elbows. I'll drive them into the sea. Big Albania. We'll bring a fucking phalanx. And we'll as we all walk know. Walk them into the ocean. As we all know, Turkey is Mongolia. Albanians Turkey believe. Turkey is Mongolia. Albanians believe that Alexander the Great was Albanian. That's how fucking stupid. <laughs> I, that's one of my favorite things I've ever heard, though. <laughs> there is some. It's not all of them. Some of them, though. Some of them are like, Sarajevo, that's where Alexander is from. It's great. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, one dude on Twitter also thought that uh, George Washington was also <laughs> secret Albanian. <laughs> secret Albanian. Secret Albanian. I like. George Washington. George Washington. If he was a secret Albanian, that makes sense why George Washington is also the guy who accidentally started the French Indian War. It also makes sense why you wouldn't have any fucking teeth. If he was a Slav, if he was a fucking secret Slav, now that, that makes for so much sense why the Seven Years' War got started because he murdered a bunch of French guys in the tent. 
that fucking... What type of Polak was he? What type of Polak was George Washington? Not our favorite. Sorry, just referring to all of, like, Eastern Europe and the Balkans. It's all right, what type of Polak? That's what they used to do. That was big deal. That was that was how people uh, understood Eastern European immigrants. Oh, what was kind of Pol- different Yeah, at a period of, of time. Yeah, kind of. It's, well, you know what, Colin? Like you've been saying, at one point it was all Poland's backyard, so. Hey, buddy, give it back. Give it back. At one point it was all Poland. It's it Poland. will be Poland. once again. Poland's going, give it back, give it back, give it back. And then somebody's like, all right, here's the Balkans. And it's just a giant cartoonish bomb with a lit fuse. I want, I, here's my thought. Here's my message, right? Because we keep talking about how, like, media is just repeated and regurgitated over and over again. Mm-hmm. What if, how about this? King King Ralph soft reboot, but with me, and it's called uh, King uh, Boleslaw, <laughs> and I get to be King of Poland. <laughs> so it's just some degenerate fucking stoner from the Midwest goes uh, to hyper-nationalist, pseudo-fascist Poland, and gets control of the government. I'm fucking prime minister. I'm running around. I'm fucking... It's, I think you would have a fantastic time with that. They call him the Iron Colonel of Poland. He's, he's, he's reinstituted the Soviet Union within Poland's boundaries and begun the forced expulsion of all landlords. He come in and he say, he say, everybody, put down pierogi, we are get Taco Bell. And then he take away my goat and he said, no need goat. Welcome to Soviet Communism 2, the Sovietening, uh, so- sponsored by Miller Lite. But uh, the saddest part is me and the goat were engaged to marry in the next week and I will never see her again. Just terrible stuff. Terrible stuff. <laughs> well, no, this is all. This is CIA propaganda about the socialist utopia I'm building in Poland. Gotcha, gotcha. That's, you're just you're doing it for them. I'm doing it for them. This is what the you're coverage just, would look like. Guys, don't even worry about it. I'm taking care of it for. You. Don't worry. We nationalized goat. Everybody gets to marry goat now. <laughs> we nationalized goat. We've and nationalized we the CIA to the We've punch. nationalized girl. We've seized all CIA assets and nationalized girlfriends in Poland. So now everybody, we've solved the incel problem and also the falling birth rates and birth rates in Western civilization. I will gotcha. build a utopia of flesh. Whoa. <laughs> Gross. That sounds like Don't the ever next... say that again. <laughs> now that speak... sounds like the next amnesia game. Speaking of a fucking psychotic, monstrous entrepreneur who was building his own empire of flesh... I feel like we have an episode today, don't we, Tyler? Thanks for the uh, fucking yeah, softball, Colin. Uh, yeah, we'll get to the goddamn episode. <laughs> hey, hi, hello, and welcome back once again to Worst in the Industry, where we high-energy motivational speakers will uh, smack the living shit out of you in an attempt to inspire you to look at the truth, which we only have, because that's how information works nowadays, apparently. My name is Justin St. Peter, and uh, you all signed a waiver when you came into this room, and I'm going to take full advantage of that. My left. 
Uh, my name's Colin Stanley, and uh, if you could put your cell phones in these little Ziploc bags, we're gonna make sure nobody's taking pictures of what's happening in this conference hall. To my left. Uh, my name's Tyler, and uh, if you could also please take your shoes off, that'd be good too. We don't want you know track dirt through the place. So. Yeah, you can you can pile them up by the door. Yeah. <clears throat> in the shoe bin. Yep. The shoe the shoe bin. Why is this just a trash can? Yep. <laughs> you won't need them. You'll be changed in here. You won't need them again. <laughs> shoes. Well, where we're going, we don't need shoes. It's boy, It's five degrees outside. It's only five degrees if you believe it is, you pussy. Sorry about last week, everybody. Uh, I was writing the uh, the last two episodes of this series, and I realized that I hated it because uh, I didn't want to do a straight-through timeline because this isn't a straight-through story. Uh, I'd rather talk about one topic on one episode and one topic on the other episode. So here we are. Today we're going to talk about cult stuff. Yay! Oh, this is really the first time we've gotten back to cults since we covered Synanon. Yep. Um, yeah. I'm sure we'll be working our way around to quite a few more. Ooh, oh, yeah. Synanon. Oh, yeah, Synanon. Don't yeah. worry. I'll do uh, I'll do a Nexium one eventually. Ooh, so. uh, speaking of Synanon, before we segue to the episode, Truanon has a very cool Synanon uh, series because one of their uh, hosts was part of like an adjoining like organization <laughs> as, a, oh. as a as a as a young man. That's oh, did he did he attempt to murder anybody with a rattlesnake in their mailbox? Uh, no, he uh, he had to escape from them uh, ah. and became a uh, a heroin and methamphetamine addict for many years. No, we call that able to get clean. A quitter. No, anyway. you call that a YPG <laughs> yep. uh, volunteer backstory. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what you that's what you call it. <sighs> yep. Woo! So, um, I also realized that I've pronouncing, been pronouncing this motherfucker's name wrong this whole time. Um, it is not Adam Newman, it is Adam Neumann. Yep, so uh, any and all uh, salad dressing jokes we have made before this are null and void. Uh, and there is a moratorium on salad dressing jokes for the next two episodes. Oh, yep. fuck, man. It <coughs> Deal really with it. is a Deal jungle with it. out there, isn't it? That being said, you're making a lot of jokes about Victor Neuberg. I was about Neuberg. to say. Which is going to be a real deep cut. Yeah, it's not, not, it's not good well for us. It's not good for in, the podcast. Sounds like no, a great thing no, to not. reference. No. Anyway. Um, I, can't, I just can't remember the name of uh, OJ's character in uh, the Naked Gun movies. It's Noy something. It's Neuberg. Was it? No, Neuberg was the guy that Aleister Crowley... Tr- anyway, we're moving on with it. We're moving on. Okay. This is getting good. So... Uh, Adam Neumann, he had a name for people who wanted to work for WeWork and also the people who wanted to rent office space from WeWork. Marks. To quote, to quote Atlantic's How WeWork's Adam Neumann Became a Billionaire by Derek Thompson, Neumann proposed that office space should play the kibitz's role of fostering community, empathy, and serendipitous creation. If you understand that being a part of something greater than yourself is meaningful, he said, and if you're not driven by just material goods, then you're part of the We Generation. This is an age of anxiety about work, overwork, and the way modern entities are bound up in people's jobs. Unlike the manual toil of a traditional kibitz, most white-collar labor makes things you can't see. Rather than extract elements from the earth or manufacture them into products, most modern workers deal with supply, transport, marketing, sale, or investment of stuff, or they just write. This involves a lot of sitting and thinking and key tapping, a sort of activity that can be done anywhere and that is easily ir- 
uh, interchangeable with not working. As a result, modern white-collar work is leaky. Work hours can be consume, uh, can consume a weekend on a laptop, but gossiping on Slack and the occasional YouTube video can consume much of a workday. And so work, once bound into a 9-to-5 or 9-to-9 day, has become a little bit like nitrogen, a less visible element that is eerily insulated into everything. This is also a time of anxiety about global capitalism for the responsibilities of for-profit companies. The rise of young socialist-friendly generation and lofty prospects of Senator Elizabeth Warren both speak to a deep skepticism about corporate America, and corporate America is listening. Kind of. On August 19th, in a business roundtable, a lobbying group that represents hundreds of the largest U.S. companies issued a statement proclaiming that the quote-unquote purpose of a business was no longer to maximize profit, but rather to maximize a vague sort of goodness, to look out for employees, partners, and the world itself. It is not enough for today's companies to be mere companies. They must be values-driven movements. You know, um, I might be a little sniffly uh, of folks at home, and I apologize for that and how it's affecting audio quality. Um, but even I can smell that bullshit. Yeah. Colin, you, you had a thought? Yo, dog! I heard you got alienation from that capitalism. I got some alienation for your alienation, dog. Hey, fellow kids! What yeah, the fuck? Just, Are so you much. fucking yeah. kidding me? Uh-huh. Are you fucking? Ki- He's like, okay, yes. The whole point of the kibitz, right, is that communal work and communal living builds a communal mindset and a mm-hmm. communal way of life. That it is a higher way of living because you are living not just for yourself. But for everyone, you were living in common union with everybody. That's what community means, right? So he's like, well, we don't have that because capitalism exists. And and you're not even, and guess what? You're not even getting the, the manual labor, the physical toil of being in a productive society doesn't even exist anymore. Because capitalism has advanced so far, it has alienated you even from the levers of control that workers traditionally hold. You don't even have those anymore. We are so alienated and atomized and spread apart. And we're going to solve that by setting up a little fucking playpen where you and other fucking neurotic, psychotic fucking adults can bounce off of each other with your fucking self-actualized, perfected idea of how you're going to live forever. Because, oh God, we're all going to die one day. And if we do, it means you wasted everything. You wasted everything, Neumann. Look at you. Yeah, that was my thought. Yep. Four beers a day, Kyle. Four beers a day. That's enough to keep the existential dread of wasting your mortal life and creating some sort of psychotically refracted... Like, this is, like, literally chaos magic shit, is what we're... This is, like, literally, like, the structure within, the, like, reflects the structure without. Like, this, literally, this... He's, like, building the thing, like, purposely, but not consciously it's very frustrating yep. for me to hear about this <laughs> yep so um this is that was i i think that quote was a pretty good encapsulation of WeWork, being that adam neumann was one of your typical tech billionaire dickholes who loved to form a cult of personality around him has some sort of weird demonic structure that is created out of his uh purely satanic and not in the cool way like yep. lust for more power and wealth yep 
And regardless of the company's intrinsic value, the only thing they were really selling was that was the feeling that the company was either making or going to make money. Now, I'm going to read you a few quotes from the man Adam Neumann himself. Oh, boy. Once you choose to enter a WeWork, you choose to be a part of something more we than me. People start coming together. They'll see each other in the elevator. They talk in the stairways. There's a thousand other things they do. So what you do when you're in a, the same I, building as other people. Yep. I love this shit. I love Because it's literally like capitalism literally pulled God out of everything, right? Like the whole, like Protestantism, the Protestant Reformation pulled God out of the church, right? And then mm -hmm. eventually capitalism pulls God out of even the individual, right? So, and by God, I mean like the, 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 the sense of something more than yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever you, that is for you, right? Takes that out. And we're, we're in this position where everybody is alienated and atomized. They don't have a sense of community to build that sense of divine, to, that God feeling, right? You don't have it. Nobody can get it because we're all fucking just dangling freely in the air. And then his, his whole thing is, but what if you replaced that feeling with a fake four community. hours a day talking shit around a, like a $30 cappuccino with other failing frantic neurotic assholes who also don't know what's happening and can't admit to the reality of what's going on it's yeah how is that like it's it is it is facing a crisis of face uh facing a crisis of faith with water cooler gossip it's yep. yeah it's it's so fucking it's so sad it's if it if it would be so much more insidious if it weren't so pathetic like yep. it is so it, it is so creepy and evil but it is so much more sad. Yeah. Yep. And Justin, to your point, uh, you just made a little while ago about the four beers a day thing. That was <laughs> if you rented uh, office space there. If you worked for WeWork, um, it was unlimited. Mm. You could drink as much as you wanted uh. at work. And yeah, it was encouraged. What do you do if you work at WeWork? It was encouraged, and we'll get to that. Yeah, what do you do if you work at WeWork? You don't. Uh, another uh, quote. So what I'm hearing is like five years from now, this is gonna be <laughs> when we have when we have like two employees. If we ever make it, it's gonna be like, all right, yeah, whatever, man. Yeah, there's beers in the fridge. Yeah, just drink, 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 drink. Uh, another another quote from Adam Neumann: We workers working to create a world where people make a life and not just a living. Kill yourself. Yep. Yeah, that's that is such a fucking like bullshit. <laughs> I think I heard that act, like that exact same phrase at a company I worked at a few years ago. Yep. The 90s and early 2000s were the i-decade. iPhone, the iPod. What the Everything was about me. Mm -hmm. Look where that got us. That's what In a capitalism recession. does. Yeah, that was the problem with the 90s and oh, the 2000s. Oh, 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 that was I the problem, not the fucking wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. Not the giant, not the giant fucking meat grinder that our society is premised upon that turns whole pieces into minced in undifferentiated chunks from each other not that not that's not the problem here no the problem is all those chunks don't have enough social time they're not having those chunks aren't playing enough ping pong there's not that's enough the forced <laughs> small talk between the chunks i'm hey i'm voting for the meat grinder party because because the chunks in the pile aren't talking to each other. They're on their phones too much. 
That's why the meat grinder needs to stay in place. The meat grinder can't go anywhere until we figure out why these chunks aren't having sex anymore. Meat grinder can't grind meat if the chunks are too big. Why aren't these chunks getting married anymore or able to buy homes? Why aren't they making more chunks? Why aren't they? No, why aren't because, these? Why can't these chunks Colin, make more chunks on their own? Back in my Colin, day, chunks made their own chunks. Colin, millennials and Gen Zs are choosing to co-live. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's it's definitely polyamory has not been like a societal response to rent uh, increase. You know, co-living. Anyway, actually, I don't know. I don't know. That's that's an interesting point to make. I don't know if that's true though. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's, not. It it's just, not. It's it's you know. It just happens to be more convenient. It seems like it'd be super convenient. You're like, oh, you get to split rent another way? And I'm fucking more, technically. Yeah. But anyways. With this sort of uh, feeling-driven employment, as well as Adam's charisma, he was able to sell many of his prospective employees on a job being, quote, bigger than yourself, and therefore pay you less and work you insane hours to keep you stuck where you are. Never now, relax. I was reading a uh, re uh, research article from, uh, it was the Manpower Group on Millennials and Careers. So 33% of Millennials in the U.S. expect to retire between the ages of 65 and 69, 23% think they will retire between 60 and 64, and 12% say they will expect to work until they die. Woo! Yeah. 73% report working more than 40 hours a week, and nearly a quarter work more than 50 hours a week. Account Temps recently conducted a survey that found 62% of workers ages 18 to 34 check in their work situation once or twice a week during their time off. 54% reported that they feel the need to know things are under control in their absence. 53% cited the need to know their projects are making progress. 47% are trying to lessen the amount of work they'll come back to. And 34% feel guilty that they might have left their colleagues high and dry. It seems all like white collar bullshit to me. Yeah. To quote girlbosses.com, uh, why millennials never stop working even when we're on vacation. All last right. year, last year, 54% of employees didn't use all their allotted time off, giving up 662 million vacation days collectively, according to U.S. Travel Association. Yeah, it's project. called wage theft. Yep. Time off and time off and women were even more relentless, taking four percent less time off than men. It's largely due to a disconnect between management and employees. Over over eighty percent of managers surveyed believe vacation time for their employees significantly improves their well being, but sixty six percent of employees believe their company was ambivalent or discouraging when it comes to the concept of piecing out for a while. <laughs> But skimping on the time off is bad for everybody involved, according to the study, which found that employees who forfeit vacation days and prescribe to the work martyr attitude are less likely to have received a recent raise, bonus, or promotion. Yeah, it's because when you allow yourself to be taken advantage of at work... They're going to continue to take advantage yeah. of you. It 66% of chunks believe Meat Grinder secretly enjoys grinding chunks. Like, what? Yeah! Yeah! What? Why are we polling? Who doesn't know? What? God fucking damn. I hate being alive. I hate this fucked up technocratic society we live in where they're like, a fact isn't real until there's a percentage attached to it. Like, yeah, everybody knows that you're, you're guess what? Your boss is fucking you. 
you have a yeah. boss they're fucking you they yeah, might be the best boss just, in the world but they're fucking but you, you have to keep in yeah. mind that a lot of fucking people think that a company gives a shit about them how why i don't even i don't, I don't think anybody. i don't think anybody who believes that but i think people i don't think people think the company gives a fuck about them but i think a lot of people think like well i work hard so they couldn't possibly be fucking me because i haven't done anything wrong and then if you were to actually go, hey, let's let's figure out in math how much money you make for the company an hour, and then let's subtract how much they pay you out of that, and then let's look at the difference. Yeah. And, and then you can tell me how, how much you think they are or aren't fucking you. Until you do that, you're like, no, of course. A lot of people just assume, hey, that's reasonable. That That's fine for me. I'll take that. Hey, they give me insurance. They give me some kind of insurance because they're obligated by the federal they, government they, to do they so. Give me an, they give me insurance even though I'm still paying for it. Yeah, even though I'm still paying for it. Whatever. Yeah, it's exactly. It's it's ridiculous. It's, it's fucking Tyler. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, opposed to a workaholic attitude that a lot of people have, um, a work martyr... A work martyr is a totally different animal in itself. Work martyr... A work martyr, the person who's still merrily shooting off emails at 10 p.m., the person who thinks they're too valuable to take their lot of time off. Here are the signs of a work martyr according to Monster.com. I think you, you mean work cuck. I think you mean yeah, boss bitch. Yes, yes. You mean kiss ass. A I hope you realize man? the majority of the fucking country is work martyrs. Company you pressure man. yourself to be constantly available. You're often stressed out. You don't huh. totally trust your coworkers to do their jobs. You think asking for help makes you seem inept, and your extra efforts don't seem to actually pay off. That's a work. If mark. you're working more, let's just as a blanket statement, as a podcast, this is the official worst in the industry opinion. If you're putting in more work than you're being paid for, and there is not some like guarantee of return, you're only hurting yourself. Yeah, you're you not screwing yourself. You are not helping anybody. You are actively devaluing, devaluing yourself at the workplace. It would uh, just be more efficient for you to sit on a parking cone for where you're going to It would be more efficient for you to take that extra time and energy and organize your workplace. <laughs> Instead of working extra hard, instead you could be like, hey, isn't it so fucking stupid how hard we have to work just to make how much we make? Let's have a union. <laughs> So, um, from New York Mag's The I and We by Reeves Weidemann. Within WeWork, a mystique quickly developed around Neumann, who did little to downplay it. Until recently, an executive conference room at WeWork headquarters was decorated with a large photograph of Newman surfing a wave. He has bragged about working 20-hour days and re regularly called executive meetings that would begin after midnight. I've had meetings that started at 2 a.m. where he joined us 45 minutes late, but that meeting was worth millions, a former WeWork executive told me. Many people told me they brought into WeWork's grand mission only when Neumann was doing the preaching. At the beginning of every week, WeWork employees were required to stay after work for a Thank God It's Monday team-building event that would last for hours. Neumann would typically speak, after which employees had walked around handing out shots of tequila. I mean, I've been privy to worse team-building events. Yeah, but you gotta hear this idiot talk. Sleep deprivation. Yeah. In, sleep, before the tequila sleep too, yeah sleep, so. sleep deprivation uh making them wait yeah, seeing how far you wait. can push somebody in terms of your their loyalty or trust in you yeah this uh kind of sounds familiar yeah, it's strange. 
Mother, 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 please, mother, no, 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 no. Let the children die. Let the children die. Mother, 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 mother. Yep. WeWork Spaces earned an early reputation for having a party-like atmosphere thanks to free-flowing beer kegs, and the corporate environment was no different. One former employee says Neumann offered her tequila during a job interview and liquor was a constant presence at pretty much every company event, another perk with the largely millennial staff. Many employees know the name of Neumann's favorite tequila, Don Julio 1942. (laughs) And offices around the country would keep it stocked for when he came to visit. One morning in 2014, not long after WeWork opened a new location in Washington, D.C., an employee arrived to find the game room absolutely trashed. There were cups lying around the room, and the room smelled to him like weed. When the employee reviewed the security footage from the night before to identify the culprits, he saw Neumann and Michael Gross, WeWork's vice chairman, drinking and playing the Time Crisis arcade machine. <laughs> I love Time... Which Time Crisis was it? Does it do time Crisis 1. Yes. Okay, yes. I love Time Crisis. Yeah. One of the greatest arcade. It had the, the foot pedal the foot that pedal, you could like, go, in, go the, into cover. The kick yeah. on the fucking slide of that gun. When you're a little mm-hmm. kid and you don't have forearm strength, it's like shooting a real gun. Way back when, when they all worked, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And now they just like limply vibrate, and the, the yeah. slide doesn't <laughs> doesn't shoot back. It just kind of slides back a little bit. Yeah, sometimes they clack. Ooh, I like when they clack. Yep. Um, uh, and a quote from uh, an ongoing New York Times article by Amy Chozik uh, describes Adam's attitudes towards his employees perfectly. Adam Neumann stood on the 57th floor of the Woolworth Building, the neo-Gothic skyscraper that was once the tallest in the world. It was late on a Friday night in 2013, and the WeWork founder and chief executive had just made a move to add the top 30 floors to his rapidly expanding real estate dealings. Mr. Neumann and three employees had already enjoyed a few drinks when he decided to bring them to tour his latest coup. In the gutted-out space, they tossed beer bottles into empty elevator shafts, listening to the clink on the way down. Then, Mr. Neumann told them all to follow him out to the ledge. No guardrails, no enclosures, just four inebriated startup executives teetering on the edge of death. I was up there with him on the top of the world, and he, sa- and he said, Everything is going to be amazing, recalled Harrison Weber, WeWork's editorial director at the time. Then, Mr. Neumann picked up an old beer bottle, a remnant, apparently, from some previous bender. He asked the employees to drink the rank liquid. Everyone took a swig, except Mr. Weber. It felt like a loyalty thing, he said. And in that moment, I felt what a deeply persuasive person he is. That's, yeah, that test. He's, he's just putting them in dangerous situations and seeing how far he can push them and how yeah, far they... It's, it's literally cult leadership. It's literally yeah. cult shit. Wow, I love this guy. You know what? I was shitting on him hard because I was like, mm, concentration camp guard. But now, now that I know that he's also, like, he's got, like, the fucking Lucifer mentality... I'm big yeah. on it. I'm big on it now. Yep. So was he the low can... beast crou- slouching <laughs> towards Bethlehem? He might have been. I, ooh, what it's... if he's? What if? What if Adam Neumann is the Antichrist? Maybe that'd be cool. I don't think he's successful enough. I don't think he uh, is either. Uh. We'll we'll get we'll we'll, well, yeah, we'll get. I feel like we'll get into that more next episode. The we'll get into that more episode when I have an entire episode about his financial crimes. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> That'll be next week. Next yep. week. Yep. Next week. So, Antichrist or not. <laughs> anti. That's the name of the episode. That's the name of the episode. <laughs> Adam Neumann, Antichrist? Question mark. Um. Now to talk about the most culty thing that Adam came up with. 
the we work summer camps oh that's oh. super culty oh, oh take no. take you to a secondary location oh, secondary oh. locations are bad he has a private cabin there that locks yeah. from the inside only oh this wasn't at one specific place this was all over the world oh, like they at, would take like jeffrey epstein at his interlocking cabin they would take like every employee up to eight thousand employees at a time and like fly them all to like sweden in the middle of nowhere no and, that's yeah, perfect oh, yeah. for oh, that's what yeah. next that's what the nexium guy was doing too <clears throat> yep yep uh and yep. fucking uh oh uh, who jared leto did that too <laughs> yeah like yeah, they would he's, he's, he's doing it in like a weird post-ironic way i don't I think know how post-ironic and a, weird it is i think he's just uh, doing it <laughs> On their their last summer camp that we worked in, I think it totaled like a billion dollars that it cost them to do. Um, But anyway, the summer camps, um, to quote uh, New York Magazine again, the ultimate perk for many employees and a nightmare experience for others was the annual summer camp, a multi-day affair initially held at an upstate camp owned by a company or owned by the family of a WeWork executive nightmare for some i like this yeah a nightmare for yeah this sounds like a nightmare for everybody but fucking adam neumann Ooh, i'm excited yep all kinds of activities were offered yoga axe throwing leaf printing a drum circle along with entertainment by an expensive array of visiting performers the chain smokers once played <laughs> and received WeWork stock as part of their fee, while the weekend was flown in from Toronto by helicopter. Tenacious We, an employee band, also performed. It was just so much everything, one former executive said. Alcohol, drugs, there was not a lot of food. That was the only thing there wasn't a lot of. <laughs> uh, one of my, one of my f- last jobs, which I still won't name on the show, uh... I, uh, they, one of the selling points to me in the, uh, the orientation process was that at a former holiday party, the chain smokers had played. And yep. <laughs> yep. I think that's just what their career is now. Cause nothing they're doing is making the charts. So baby, hold me closer. Okay. Never, okay. Um, in 2017, the event was moved to a park outside London. Employees were flown in from around the world. One told me that he and his colleagues would simply walk up to the bar and ask for two bottles of wine each. They would give you two bottles of rosé, and we'd drink them like Edward Forty fucking hands. It's a drinking game. While we're watching Ooh, Florence and the Machine, game. he said. Florence and the One Machine? Of, yeah. Oh, dude, One, that sounds great. I would. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds like a great fucking yeah. evening. I'm, I got fucking a fucking bottle of wine strapped to each hand, and I'm watching Florence just go... Like, just shit like that. I love that. And you're you're fucking ripping high. I love Florence Um, the Machine. One employee told me that she knew it was time to leave the company in 2017 when she woke up in her teepee to find an unknown colleague urinating on the canvas just above her head. Talk to any community manager under 24. It's the greatest weekend of your life, the employee said of the summer camp, but I'm not here to get peed on. Fair. You know what? You know what? Fair. Some people are. I'm sure. That's the closest to uh, a class hero the PMC have. Somebody mm-hmm. who says, "I'm not here to get peed on." Yep. That's summer like, camp was. That's like yeah. <laughs> summer camp was also the place where Neumann's gravitational pull was its strongest. 
At last year's event, according to the, a report in Property Week, a British real estate publication, Neumann sat on stage next to his wife and McKelvey as the crowd sang, Ole, 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 a WeWork employee from India started chanting, Let's go, WeWork, let's go. While another from California screamed, You're changing the world, Adam! We love you! Augusto Contreras, a WeWork employee from Mexico City, proposed to his girlfriend next to a dodgeball tournament. It felt like I was surrounded by my extended family, he told the company blog. He had been at WeWork for seven months. So if when I do become the Iron Colonel, I am going to send out these people to like a labor camp. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. to the Polog? Yes, to the Polog. Yeah, it's, it, it is like, this is just, yeah, cult shit. You guys got to break rocks in the desert. I get that you were coerced with uh the pressure of capitalism but anytime you give up your agency to a guy like adam neumann you gotta break rocks in the desert for like six months so then you can come back to society and we're only gonna watch you for another six months after that and then you're free to go good news is because it's the prologue all the locks are on the inside all the locks are on the uh, inside if you just walk out backwards the guards don't notice yeah yeah. and guess what they do how dare dare you call it how dare you call it a lock it is a pole lock okay it's a pole lock um, <laughs> now, uh, to quote New York Times again, even by the standards of brash startup founders, Mr. Neumann's eccentricities became the stuff of legend. He could be earthy, walking around in bare feet around the office, and he organized debauched summer camp events for WeWork employees, which attendants described as some sort of Coachella meets wild, wild country meets nerdy fraternity party. Their you, HR department must have been busy. You got it when you go to when you go to the Coachella event. That's where you pick out. That's where you got to make sure you pick out your your uh, as I like to call them the pierogies in the prologue. The pierogi. That's your third man that you take with you on the escape because you're going to be running through the fucking uh, you know Sierra Desert, the High Sierra, and there's not going to be any food or water for you. And you're going to have to yeah. you're going to have to fry that pierogi. Is all I'm saying. You also <laughs> need at least one guy that you're faster than. You don't have to be the fastest, you just can't be the slowest. Exactly. Um, Mr. Neumann would convince employees to take shots of pricey Don Julio tequila, work 20-hour days, 10 2 a.m. meetings. He'd convince them to smoke marijuana at work, dance to journey around a fire in the woods on weekend excursions, smoke more pot, drink more tequila. Even people who didn't really seem the tequila type would go along with his act, including a pre-White House Jared Kushner who imbibed while while scoping out a property in Philadelphia. Wait, Jared Kushner worked for WeWork. No, Jared Kushner was just like a he was he was a he's a constant character. He's a this real estate guy. Like, like, so this won't be the he was he probably he was probably like doing like a like a contractor job where he's like I'm gonna I'm it can, like consulting real estate for yeah. you. Yeah, exactly. He was ju- he was just I think he was just friends with Adam. Yeah, Biden. it's it's one of those things. It's like you know how rich people just you know they justify like each other having money by going you're my friend so you're my consultant now putting and now my accountant make sure that you get an income like the thing that we were trying to do (laughs) (laughs) you know crime yes you know are you familiar with crime mr irs (laughs) also adam purchased a gulfstream g650 private jet so that he, his wife, and his closest friends could fly all around the world in. He once hotboxed the jet so much that the flight crew needed to wear oxygen masks. Fuck yeah! <laughs> that makes that would be a Hell great yeah. that's that would be a great line in a rap song. 
fucking he wrote, great line in a rap song that sounds like something that fucking Led Zeppelin did in the 70s. That's like yep. like Lil Wayne. I can imagine Lil Wayne go, like, smoke so much, made the motherfucking mass drop. <laughs> that sounds like something Lil Wayne would yeah, say. But, but if, if Lil Wayne did it, it'd be cool. It'd be way yeah, better, yeah. This is Adam Neumann. This is Adam Neumann. Uh, he also required Don Julio 1942 to be stocked on his private jet as well, even on early morning flights. He had an industrial strength ventilation system in his office to help with all of the marijuana smoke. That's sick as fuck. This is yeah, this is making me do. liking him more and also pointing me towards the fact that he's the Antichrist. Uh, well, this next part is going to make you really not like him. Oh boy, here comes the sexual assault. Here comes the Epstein uh, connection. Not quite. <laughs> To quote Reuters, WeWork former CEO Adam Neumann accused of pregnancy discrimination by Adam Pearson. The former chief of staff to ousted WeWork CEO Adam Neumann has accused him and the company of discrimination, saying she feared for the health of her unborn baby because of Neumann's penchant for smoking marijuana on charter planes. <laughs> she also said that she was oh, replaced wow. by a man making more than twice her salary when she took maternity leave. That's bad. In a complaint okay. filed with the Federal Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, Medina Barty said that she would be uh, she began suffering discrimination soon after telling uh, Neumann that she was pregnant with her first child in 2016. She said the complaint that uh, she had been hesitant to tell him early in her pregnancy, but was forced to do so because of his smoking marijuana on flights, potentially exposing her unborn child to secondhand smoke. Adam Neumann also broke international law on a chartered flight to Israel, where a, quote, sizable chunk of weed was found shoved into a cereal box on the plane. <laughs> A sizable chunk of weed. Whatever. That's the best way is real. I bring weed too. Fuck, fuck this guy for having a fucking having a chartered flight, and then having a fucking one of your you know what was this? What was uh, she was a chief of staff. Her being like, hey, I'm pregnant. Can you please not hotbox this plane? And he's like, no. Fuck you. It's my plane. Like that's fucked up, dude. It's terrible. It wasn't even his plane. It was those were chartered flights. Oh god. Yeah. So he's he's a rental. Uh, it's, it's so fucking ridiculous. I mean, obviously he's a monster. He's such a piece of shit. And it's crazy that like, that this woman probably, this only comes to light because she is like a high powered chief of staff. And like, it's just, and, and imagine like, if that's what she was being exposed to, imagine what some, some woman or somebody, uh, in a more vulnerable, uh, vulnerable position is being exposed to like lower on the ladder because that's that's what happens that's what these these organizations do is like all the managers like xerox themselves down the chain as much as they can <coughs> and depending on how much of a piece of shit you are determines how good the copy is yep now um so i'm gonna finish the episode with with, a, with another quote but i feel like there's gonna be a lot to unpack here so so, so everybody 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 just stay tuned a fucking psycho he's a fucking nut job um it's from heritz.com but to, but a new vanity vanity fair article by gabriel sherman titled inside the fall of WeWork" asserts that neumann's millennial entitlement gone insane and grew like ego egomaniacal glamour extended beyond the business world and into the fa- into the world of middle east diplomacy neumann According to the Vanity Fair article, believed that WeWork was, quote, even capable of solving the world's thorniest problems. Last summer, some WeWork executives were shocked to discover that Neumann was working on Jared Kushner's Mideast peace effort. <laughs> According to two sources, Neumann assigned WeWork's director of development, Roni Behar, 
to hire an advertising firm to produce a slick video for Kushner that would showcase what economically transformed the West Bank and Gaza would look like. I remember this! Kushner, I he remember added, this! Kushner, he added, showed a version of the video during a speech at the White House Peace Conference in Bahrain last summer. Sherman reported that Neumann also told his colleagues that, quote, he was saving the women of Saudi Arabia by working with Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman to offer women coding classes. Finally, an anecdote that connected Neumann to both Kushner and the Saudi prince involved a claim by Neumann that three people were going to save the world. Crown Prince Mohammed, Jared Kushner, and Neumann himself. Then, after October 18th, 2018, when it came to light that Saudi agents tortured descendant and Washington Post columnist Jamal Khashoggi and carved his body with a bone saw, likely on order from the crown prince himself, Neumann told, told George W. Bush's former national security advisor, Stephen Hadley, that everything could be worked out if Bin Salman had the right mentor. Confused, Hadley act, asked uh, who that person might be. According to a source familiar with the meeting, Neumann paused for a moment and said, me. You're welcome for that, Colin. What are your thoughts? Three people are going to save the world. My my answer to that to that statement is a is a is a question. I feel like yes. it's a very poignant question. Uh, yeah. Where are they now? The three people <laughs> um, who are going to save the world. Where are they now? Well, what's going on? Oh wait, Mohammed. Bin Salman is still the crown prince of Saudi Arabia. He's building Neom. Uh, Jared Kushner is slunk back into the the grotto from whence he was spawned. Yeah, still, he's, he's a, still amongst the cover of hedge funds. Yeah, he's yep. he's he's like in a giant cocoon in a hive of other cocoons, and they're staying there while Ivanka, the hive mother, breeds their newest child. Yeah. Yep, but um, yeah, I guess you know, just to kind of, I wanted to do an episode entirely about the how how the company like working there actually worked because yeah, it, is, it is it is it is literally just cult shit. Um, I love how I love how intimately tied to the Israeli security state this psychotic real estate cult is. Yeah, it's, it's wild. It's so fucking wild to me. And by strange, I mean unfortunately common. I just, oh my god, I'm gonna have a fucking stroke. I I remember, I remember seeing, I had memory hold this. I remember when it came out, I saw the diagrams. Uh, and it, it was like fucking like little coffee houses and like little like cab mixed, mixed zone building where they're like, there's a, there's a little house, there's a little apartment above the little tea shop. Yeah, and, and like, it's like, you know, this is a literal graveyard, That's right? like, and then, yeah, because it's just, like, this little dramatization, this little, like, hand-drawn fucking DG, uh, like, 3D, like, design layout that's being placed over the map of the West Bank and Gaza. And it's like, mm -hmm. you know that, like, what you're describing is, like, a complete genocide. <laughs> yeah, you're like, just talking about rolling yeah. over an existing civilization. Ah! Uh, just turning it into... A walkable community. It's, but Colin, yeah. Colin, you're not thinking like uh, you know whoa, when people say I'm like not, when people right. say like oh the Europeans genocided the Native Americans. No, they just, they caught, taught them how to grow corn uh, and then they just kept moving back. Yeah, we just kept 
on their own accord. Dying on our own and moving west of our own accord. Definitely not at gunpoint. No. My own ancestors aren't fractured into six or seven different bands of people that are scattered to the four fucking winds because of the long march. No, no, no. No, absolutely not. And that's why they can just, you know, put a Starbucks in Gaza Strip. I, uh... In an Applebee's. Maybe an Applebee's. That'd be nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, that'd be nice. I like... Do you Everybody think the found, do you think the foundation will be made with uh, bodies of Palestinian people or Yeah, it's just man, I'm just uh It's good. I'm glad. Did you hear Benjamin Netanyahu won? He won the election. Yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. yeah, I heard. Betty's back, baby. <laughs> now we just got to bring back Boris. When's Boris coming back? He's apparently he's trying to make a comeback he, return. Honestly, like he's making an attempt. The Tories don't have anybody else. This little fucking this little short guy they got running around in Ukraine sucking off fucking Zelensky. I don't know what's going on with him. I think he heard that they're the same height and that's why he flew over there. Yeah, well, he could fly here and be next to Ben Shapiro too. If, if he, he stood next to. to Joe Biden, Joe Biden would look so fucking chadly. Joe Biden would be all fucking swole out next to UK's new tiny little twink PM. Mm. that's the problem God, that's how, the problem with the uk f- they grew a cat boy in the pm yeah how funny would it be if fucking biden just started hitting the gym like incredibly hard and he just became like stupid swole if he was like oh, he if, just, like, he if just his, got fucking yoked for no reason yeah if his like yeah. senility advanced to the point where he thought he was like uh you know a 20 year old lifeguard again and he starts like doing yeah. the same push-up and crunch regimen and he just he's just fucking shredded yeah, he's like, I mean, he looks like he looks like those pictures of uh, Trump's face superimposed on uh, on Rambo. Well, first of all, he'd be banging out Jill all the time. Hey, uh, <laughs> hey there, Jack. Uh, I, I can't do it, Joe Biden. Hey, uh, uh, hey, Jack. It's just Jack Nicholson. No, I can't do it. Yeah, you're you're really getting hard into the Jack Nicholson. <laughs> all right. Well, we will be back next yep. week ladies and gentlemen or folks at home uh for our conclusion to the we work series financial crimes yeah we'll Yay. get to the actual nitty-gritty the real financial crimes uh and the any and all of consequences <laughs> suffered by the people involved the yeah there wasn't many don't worry yeah, there never crimes. is there's no consequences welcome to geo hell everybody population you baby uh, unlike our uh unlike you know what? Never mind. Uh, that's Unlike what? Really Nothing. It was a bad bit. We're ending the show. Goodbye. Thanks again for tuning in to Worst in the Industry. Uh, we love you. Bye. Later. Kisses. Now I'm in a spot they would kill for. I could put them in the wheel and they still won't. I could probably get a deal with Coke. If I wasn't rapping about the past back, dealing dope. Got the offer and it's real low. Over one mil and it's still low. They all corporate. They all cute in suits. They on bullshit with all that poop to scoop. My shit going up. I go root to roof. They don't like that. They want mute the truth. They gon' switch sides. They go group.